This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You're live with The App Show, Canada's number one mobile and app technology program. I'm Mike Agarbo, and along uh, with John Beeler, we have a great program for you today. We'll uh, be talking about virtually trying on clothing and shoes. We're all doing uh, online shopping now, and more and more, we're purchasing clothes and uh, footwear. How do you know it's going to look good? Well, there's some uh, apps and tools that'll let you try them on virtually so you can see how good or bad you'll uh, you'll look. Uh, we'll also be talking with the folks over at uh, Choreful, an app that helps uh, assign points for chores to see if uh, family members are pulling their weight. I, I think I'm going to come up on top on that one, John. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Again, I hope my wife's not listening to this program right now. Uh, and we're all going to do more traveling now that uh, the pandemic seems to be apparently winding down yeah it's easier to travel let's just say that yeah yeah so a lot of us are going to the u.s or internationally and of course we're taking our smartphones and the one thing we i think all can agree on we hate roaming charges yes i i run up hundreds of dollars in roaming charges if i'm gone like a week or two yeah so we have some apps that take advantage of your e-sim in your phone or electronic sim so if you've got one of the newer phones out there, iPhones and Android phones, you probably have an eSIM or an electronic SIM card in your phone. And it's really easy using these apps just to sign up for a plan for a day, a week, a month, or longer when you travel. This also works on, on tablets too. That's true. So if you've got uh, one of the uh, like iPads, for example, that's got a cellular connection, yeah. you can get a cheap data plan for that. And it even works in Canada too. <laughs> it's probably cheaper than having some of the other requirements from your current carrier. Well, you'd be blown away by how much money you can save. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that. So you want to stay tuned. Uh, let's look at some of the app and mobile news, uh, John. Uh, this little nostalgic. Uh, do you remember Internet Explorer? I didn't even know it was still out in the wild. No, I didn't. Microsoft Internet Explorer. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's installed by default anymore. No. But there's probably lots of installs out there in the world. And it's it's been going for 25 years and it's end of life now it's gone it's gone it's gone yeah. so microsoft's like saying that's it switch to edge <laughs> which is just another name for Internet Explorer. <laughs> yeah right microsoft edge like what's the install base on that i don't know it can't be that great i mean the biggest one would be chrome i would think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. chrome chrome and safari are the two biggest browsers right now yeah everything else is like a fraction of that it's funny how it's just changed over the years. Remember Netscape? Yeah. That used to be the big one. Then Microsoft came and used anti-competitive <laughs> behavior to wipe them out. I still don't understand how it's anti-competitive. I mean, Apple ships with Safari on their computers. You can yeah. still install other browsers if you want. I've got five different browsers installed on my computer. Yeah. Well, the world's changed. Yeah. Uh, this was really interesting. Uh, the Vancouver Fire Department basically said lithium-ion batteries are the leading cause of fires in Vancouver right now. It's kind of freaky, isn't it? Yeah, and it's mostly related to smartphones. Is it? Yeah. So th people have died. I think there's like seven deaths because of this. Yeah. I mean, they don't go into specifics about you know the exact 
hardware and, and things like that, but they, they make reference to the fact that uh, these batteries are, you know, very common. You know, they're in your phones, they're in your tablets, they're in your computers, uh, they're in your e-bikes and your e-scooters. So, um, but a lot of times these problems come because you're using either a damaged or poor quality charging cable. Yeah. Right. And that the problem is, is a lot of times you buy these, you know, these cheap cables at, we call call them the gas station cables. That's right. They're not, um, they don't, they don't, they don't have (laughs) enough, uh, capability because they, they use cheap wires for it. Yeah. So those wires get hot and they're not shielded properly. They're not shielded properly. They get hot. They melt the plastic. Yes. We've seen a number of instances where people with these things, they, they have like these just like burnt and smelly cables. Yeah. Because they're actually catching on fire. Yeah. yeah. Or, which is probably more common, even if you have a legitimate cable, you probably have done some kind of damage to the port connector. Yeah. And it's frayed. And I've seen people like, they just put like regular tape over it. Like, that's not going to help you. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, gonna not, make that's it. not an insulator. No, no, no. So the lesson here, John, is make sure you have proper, proper charging cables and charging block. Uh, make sure that your device is on a solid surface. Well, that was another thing that was mentioned and that we've seen before is people, when they're charging their phones at night, they leave or them- laptops. They leave them on their bed or yeah. under blankets or under pillows and yeah. stuff like that. These and things, there's just not air, there's no airflow happening at that point. Yeah. 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 And you're literally laying something combustible on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So beware out there. I mean, lithium ion batteries are in everything. Um, I was at a, a, a local pub back last year and huge, it was like a Sunday night. It was kind of quiet. And a huge explosion, like the whole pub just like shook. And I thought, oh my God, like someone's driven into the side of the pub. But what had happened, uh, someone's mobility scooter out back, the battery yeah, blew up. I guess the guy that had it was cooking, had a little fire <laughs> beside his scooter <laughs> to keep warm. Uh, anyway, it blew up. It There was like flaming debris everywhere, John. Yeah. Like there were, they're very flammable. Well, and these batteries, when they get wet, oh yeah, it's like the worst possible thing that happened to them. I've seen TikTok videos of people taking literally the lithium that's in the lithium ion and just putting it in water and it just starts sizzling. Yeah. And then it catches fire and explodes. It's crazy. Um, I think uh, that's all the time we have for news, John. Uh, yeah. When we come back, we're going to tell you how you can save hundreds of dollars on roaming charges a year with eSIMs. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Well, one thing I hate, John, is uh, roaming charges when I travel to the States or internationally. It got a little bit better there for a while. But they just raise the prices on yeah, the I, carrier. They keep raising the prices yeah. again. And, you know, if I'm gone for a few weeks, it still ends up being over $100 easy. Oh, at least, if, yeah. If not more. Yeah. So we uh, are looking at something today that could save you money roaming. And this applies uh, more so to the newer phones that have eSIM capability. And John, explain that. So basically, if you have a, let's say a later model phone, uh, Android and uh, iOS have this functionality. Um, I can't remember the exact models on iOS that uh, support this, but I think it's gone back at least to iPhone 11. Yes. Yes. and essentially what an eSIM is, it's it's 
uh, it's a software SIM card, basically. So you can have both in, in the phone, right? Yes. A, a regular physical SIM card, which I think most phones have. Yeah. Right? Uh, but then the second SIM is an electronic SIM. That's right. Just digital. You don't have to get a physical one. Which makes life so much easier because, you know, the last few times we've traveled to Europe, I would go to uh, either uh, Amazon and buy a European-based provider SIM, yes. a prepaid SIM. And then when we're on the plane, I would swap my SIM cards so that when we land, I'd have data yes, and voice and everything else. But there's a whole bunch of different providers now that offer a really great service where you basically just download an app and you can browse the pricing for different countries, different durations of time, and different packages of data. So I'm actually blown away by some of these here. And so what was the one that uh, you, you found that seems to be one of the better ones so far? Yeah, the one the one I found uh, is called Air Alo, I think. Spell that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. A I R A L O. Air Alo. That's an unfortunate name. Yeah, Air-A-L-O. I can't even say it. So the the, the nice thing is you, you you download the app. You don't even have to sign up to 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 browse the pricing for everything, and you basically tell it where you want to go. So, United States or Denmark or wherever. Exactly. And they have different plans for different uh, uh, places. Like, so say you're going to Europe, you're going to be going to four or five different countries. You can get a European plan. Yes. Or you can get a global plan even. If yeah, that'll work everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so the really nice thing is, is like it, it has like a list of all the different countries. You click on United States, for example, we're going to Las Vegas next week for a conference. So I can see here very easily if I want one gig of data for seven days, it'll be $4.50 US. So again, this is US pricing. Yeah. But that that is cheaper than what my roaming charge yeah. is. Yeah. It's like 11 or $12 now, I think. It's up there. Yeah. yeah. And so I can also do three gigs of data and it's good for 30 days. And how much is that? Uh, it is $11 US. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty good. But so that that is just data. That is just data. So how the eSIM work, it's kind of interesting. And and we're going to put this to the test next week in, in, in an upcoming show. We'll certainly talk more about our experiences with it. But essentially what you do is you set a primary carrier, a primary SIM card. Yeah. And then you have your secondary. And your secondary typically would be your eSIM. Yeah. And you can name it whatever you want. Yep. And you can choose how your how your phone uses that the two sims yeah Yeah. so your primary one so like your your rogers your your bell your shaw whatever that would be like your phone your text and your data yes right so you can actually choose under the cellular settings if a call comes in which sim should answer it ah okay right so obviously if you have your your canadian phone number yeah you're going to want to use that yes but you're going to turn off data roaming on your canadian data plan yeah and use your eSIM for that and so it's, it's really kind of convenient. You can even set up how things like iMessages are handled and those types of things. And you were telling me, and I'm still skeptical about this, but I'm, I'm, I believe you, uh, that you can basically turn off your data roaming. Yeah. Your Canadian cell phone will still ring. Yeah. You'll know who called because yeah. you get call display, but you're not actually going to be charged. No. So you can, you can text them or email them back using iMessage yes. for free or for low cost because you're using... Or WhatsApp your, or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. So... That gives you the sort of the ultimate flexibility without having to incur those roaming charges unless you really do need to do it for whatever reason. You need to call home or whatever. Yeah. You can do that. 
But do some of these plans include a phone number as well? I haven't gone through all of them yet, but they seem a lot to be data-based. This particular app, um, yeah, it seems to be data-based. Yeah. What is interesting is that it, they list, when you click through on them, you get more information about which carriers it actually is going to be using because some cities might have better coverage. Yeah, because you were saying um, one one of these uh, eSIMs didn't work down in Bellingham, Washington, where we're near. Yeah, because we're right on the border. And so we, Mike and I both go to the States a lot for shopping and, and gas and everything else. Well, gas for your truck, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and it didn't actually even work there because I don't know what carrier it was trying to use. Yeah. Um, so we're not even going to mention them because don't bother. <laughs> but these prices are better on this app. The and they use like AT, AT&T and T-Mobile. That's right. Yeah, which yeah. they have good coverage. Now, I did notice one interesting thing. It looks like, at least in the U.S., you can only get LTE data. You can't get 5G. I, I could live with that. Yeah. Yeah. At these prices? Yeah. Well, I'm only getting LTE data now. Yeah. At home. Yeah. And, and we've actually done comparisons as far yeah. as the speed and everything. 5G is just not delivering that that magic. <laughs> well, yeah. what, what I was hoping is that in the places in the U.S. especially that have that C-band 5G that I could just get an eSIM for that. Yeah. But it doesn't look like that's a, an option. Not yet. I haven't seen it. But so I actually just went up, went through the process and set this all up. On my iPhone, you use Apple Pay to pay for it. So you can choose your credit card to pay for it. There's even top-up options if you use up all your data yeah. that are reasonably priced. Okay. So, um, and then you basically click a button and it's basically, it virtually installs your eSIM. Okay, so like from a learning curve, like yeah. it's stupid easy? I had to click through all the, like there was like five pages of holding your hand. Yeah. And it like, you don't do anything. You just click next, next, next. next. Okay. And it just does it in the background. And then it'll, then you get a prompt saying, hey, you see, you've got a nice, an eSIM. Do you want to use this as your primary or as your secondary? Yeah. And so then you have to sort of make some decisions. And okay. all the prompts up to that point tell you all about this. Okay. So it's very simple to set up. Yeah. And the thing is, once you've set up an eSIM, you don't want to delete it unless you're never going to use that one again. Got it. Um, because it's like a it's like a real SIM card. Yeah. Uh, once you once you've removed it, it's basically dead. Yeah. But you can always just get another one. Yes. This way. And you is, can, do you have do they charge you for getting the eSIM initially? No, no. This is the beauty of it, right? Because I was paying twenty to forty dollars just to get the SIM card from Amazon. Yeah. That's you know before I even actually paying for the 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 data plan itself. Yeah. So. So you don't have to go anywhere. You can do this from home. The other cool thing that I also found out, my plan doesn't actually start until I connect to that US network. Oh, okay. So, so you don't can, have to like put in a time that a nope. day. So I can set it, I've set it up already. So as soon as I land in Vegas next next week, yeah. it will- Just start working. Start working. That's brilliant. But you have to remember to set it up as the primary, right? Well, you, you, have, to, you have to choose how your data is being handled. Yeah. So you want to have- the eSIM is your primary data. So, but it, it's very simple. Even in your your, cell, your cellular settings on, at least on an iPhone, it makes it really simple and obvious what's using what. And you can name it whatever you want. You can name it the provider. You can name it travel. I named mine Vegas. So I can easily tell I'm using my Vegas data versus my home data. We're talking about a really cool eSIM app called Air A Low, Air A Low, spelled A I R A L O. That's right. I think I got it. Uh, a great little eSIM app that will basically give you an electronic or a digital SIM for 
pretty well every country you can imagine. So what about some other countries? So we talked about US, like yeah. one gig of data for how, like a week is like 450 US. Yeah. Yeah. So what about like Spain? So I'm looking at Spain, one gig of data is good for seven days, $4.50 US. <laughs> Can't lose. 10 gigs of data for 30 days is only $18 US. Oh, John, do you know how much that would save me? Because we've yeah. gone over to Spain a few times for conferences yeah. and my, my roaming bill was like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, so you you actually have the ability to get regional uh, eSIMs as well. So say you're going to Asia. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to click through here. So 12 days of unlimited data, it's $18 US. It's good in 12 Asian countries. It's called Asia Unicorn. No, wow. Unicom, not Unicorn. Unicom. That's, that's the provider. So sorry, how much? $18 for unlimited data. Unlimited. For 12 days. In Asia. In Asia. Oh, God. I remember trying to hunt down a SIM card in Shanghai. Yeah. That's impossible when you're not a native language speaker <laughs> well it's tough in some countries uh when i was in uh kenya to get a sim i had to find a store that would sell a sim card and then they wanted like my passport and everything they had to copy all those details down <laughs> okay so it was 450 for a gig of data it yeah. was good for seven days in the u.s yeah or uh other places <laughs> the global eSIM that this works in 87 different countries one gig of data for seven days is nine dollars u.s <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh five gigs of data good for 30 days 35 bucks wow well we're gonna have to put a link up on our website for this uh as i think well. so yes uh, air air alo yeah i can't say it but i can spell it a i r a l o if you just go to the, your app store of choice and type in eSIM, yeah you'll find it we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, there's a lot more uh, in the app show we're going to be talking about, including something called the Choreful app, an app that helps uh, couples do chores. Your whole family. Your whole family. It, it, it solves a lot of tension. Well, we're going to learn all about it. Uh, John has done a, a great interview there. Listening to the app show, back after this. You are back with the app show. John Beeler here with Mike Agarbo. Although I've got a really interesting guest on the line right now. His name is Rob Havery, and he's created an app that I think just might solve a lot of problems in the household that have cropped up, especially over the pandemic. But it's probably a problem that's been going on for almost eternity. Uh, welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So can you explain your app? Your app is called Choreful, and you have an interesting story about how you sort of came up with it. Yeah, I was. Um, I had made dinner for uh, for myself and my girlfriend uh, Eva, and when we finished eating, she just sat right back uh, on the couch and continued reading her book. Uh, so uh, I was a little bit upset about this, and and we started a a small argument about who does the most chores, uh, where I felt that I was the one doing the. Uh, yeah, too large a share of the of the household uh, chores. Um, she didn't agree, and that same evening I started working on on choreful. <laughs> so a, a problem for the ages, I think, amongst many couples, uh, or just households in general, because quite often the kids are involved in this equation as well. Yeah, definitely. So how does the app work? Like, can you explain what a person would do to sign up and and use it in this environment? It's, uh, it's very simple. So uh, when you get started, you create an account and you invite your, your partner and maybe your kids to your home. And once everyone is set up, uh, you can just uh, open Choreful and select the chores that you've done. And it'll give you 
different points for different types of, of chores uh, and count them all together and show you who is done the most that day, this week, last week, last month, uh, all time, this year. And you get a lot of cool statistics uh, about uh, who does the most chores and, and who has the most points. So who's verifying that the chores are done? Because especially if kids are saying, yeah, I cleaned my room and they haven't. Yeah, so for for adults, uh, the the main by far the the bulk of uh, the users we have now are are couples without kids, uh, but couples with kids are are uh, are starting to use it more and more, uh, and and the parents have the ability to del- delete the chores that have been uh, added by the by their kids. Gotcha. Uh, and also, if you have younger children in the app, there are a lot of chores that are unavailable for them. For example, driving the car wouldn't be useful for a 10 year old. So, so they have a, a simpler list, you know, cleaning my room, preparing my bag for school uh, and simpler uh, types of chores like that. And you find a, you find a way to sort of gamify it as well by having rewards and incentives to do these chores. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the main uh, focus of the app is the point system where it gives you points. Um, and uh uh, a lot of our users are are doing rewards based off of that. Uh, for example, one family uh, texted me here the other day and said that whoever uh, of the adults uh, had the most points uh, come Saturday evening, he or her would get to sleep in on Sunday. And the other one had to, you know, wake up with the kids, make breakfast, to do everything for, for that day. And, and the one with the most points could just uh, sleep in and, uh, and wake up and enjoy uh, their Sunday. Uh, others, they do date nights. Uh, some children get their allowances based on how many points they have in the app. And, you know, people figure out uh, their individual ways to to do the rewards. I, I like the the one option that you have is the winner gets to choose what to watch on Netflix as well. Because <laughs> that, that can <laughs> yeah. al- always be a, a interesting conversation as well. So, so whenever whenever I win, it's uh, definitely sci-fi going on here, uh, <laughs> here, here with us. And how much does the app cost? It's um, it's uh, free where you can upgrade to a premium paid uh, subscription. Uh, the free version works fine. You can you can use it forever uh, with your partner or with your kids, uh, but it has ads in it. Uh, if you want to get rid of the ads, you can upgrade, and then you also get some additional features where you can uh, make create more of your own custom chores, edit the point system, and and do uh, more stuff like that. Yeah, I, I just took a look at the App Store uh, for iOS, and it looks like it's a few dollars a month or about $35 for the year to get all those premium features, which is pretty reasonable for something like this that could really solve a lot of problems around the house. Yeah, and if if, if you were to buy the premium uh, version, uh, your whole family gets premium. So your kids, your partner, uh, everyone gets it. Only one in each uh, home has to, has to buy the premium uh, if you want. And uh, and you can also get started and, and use it for weeks on the free version without, you know, to, to test it and see if it's something the family is up for, for doing over a longer period of time. And, and then you can upgrade whenever you're ready. Do you have any plans or, or a roadmap for other features you're going to add based on feedback from people that have been using it? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep working a little bit on the translations and, and a bit on the chores list. I understand that in, in Canada, there are some other chores that m- might have to be added to, to the list uh, and uh, work on the, on the UX and, you know, just the experience of using the app. Uh, and we also have uh, some cool new features uh, that are meant to motivate you to do bigger things like uh, 
you know, you, you've decided that you have to clean out your garage, but you can't really, you know, get yourself to actually get started. Uh, and we have some interesting uh, features that we hope will inspire people to do the, the bigger things as well uh, that will be coming to the app. That's awesome. That's a problem I have. I have to clean my garage. Um, <laughs> the I, I should point out too, Robin's joining us from Norway and you had a, a lot of downloads. This is a very popular app in your country when you first launched it. And now you're sort of expanding it to North America. Yeah, uh, I uh, first it was just uh, myself and, and Eva using it. Uh, and then our friends saw it and they either hated it or they wanted a copy. Like no one was indifferent uh, to the concept. So I decided that uh, I should just put up a video on TikTok where I demonstrate the app. Uh, and then I had a mailing list. And when I woke up the next day, I, I had 500 people signing up just in the few hours that I, that, that I was asleep. And that's when I decided we, we, have to, uh, we have to release it to the public. And it was released December 22nd. Uh, and now when we are speaking uh, today, we, we have 173,000 uh, registered users. So it's been uh, quite a ride, unexpected ride. Yeah, I think you've definitely found a, a, a struck a chord there with a lot of people, and hopefully, uh, it's solving a lot of problems for for folks around around the world now. Yeah, I, I hope so, and uh, I, I hope the reception in 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 North America will be will be good as well. All right, Robin. So, where can people find the app? It is available on for iOS and for Android, but I had to do a little bit of extra searching on iOS at least to find it. Okay, you can you can go on the web. Uh, and visit choreful.app. Uh, there are links for the downloads there. And, and you can search, uh, should be able to search for Choreful on the App Store as well uh, to, to find it. Yeah, that was the trick. Uh, that and on Google Play. I had to use choreful.app to find it. Otherwise, I, I got some other not related apps uh, if I didn't include, ah, inc- okay. include the okay. .app. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you for saying that. You know, I, I can't see since I'm not in the in the American uh, or in the Canadian app store. But uh, yeah, so if you, ch- if you search for choreful.app or visit choreful.app on the web, then you'll definitely uh, find it. Well, thanks for joining us, Robin, and all the best with your app. Thank you so much. You're back with the app show. Amazon, probably one of the biggest uh, e-commerce websites out there. I spend too much money. I have like a Canadian and an American account. Yes. Because I live right by the border, so I can get those cheap American <laughs> Amazon. I'm surprised goods. Amazon isn't a cell phone provider. Right? That would make sense. One day. Yeah. They've got a new feature. I mean, you can buy everything from Amazon. I can buy toilet paper. I can buy electronics, TVs, furniture, clothing, shoes. But buying shoes can be tricky, right? Yes, as close as well. Yeah. I have actually bought a few pairs of shoes off of Amazon. Luckily, I'm kind of like a typical size nine, so it just kind of works for me. Uh, But they've got a new try-on feature that is available for users with an iPhone 7 or newer device that lets you try on shoes virtually. Yeah, this is really interesting. This is specifically for sneakers or trainers, depending on what part of the world you're from. they have a huge selection of different shoes from a bunch of different companies. And in the, uh, the Amazon app on your phone, it'll actually prompt you saying, Hey, you can try these on. You click the button and almost immediately, if you have your camera sort of facing your feet, the shoes that you were just looking on are on your feet. So it's not going to really help you with size. No, no, but style. Certainly style. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty. Kind of like the, those uh, those glasses apps. Yeah. To, for buying glasses, they can stick glasses on your faces. Like the same thing for shoes. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think it is relatively scaled for size because the augmented reality functionality does know and understand the virtual space that the camera's pointing at. Yeah. Uh, and certainly well enough to put shoes on your feet. And so my only, I guess my only uh, complaint about the service is that it's only limited to shoes and only a specific style of shoe. So you can't like get dress shoes or boots or uh, anything. These are, these are really more for people that are into sneakers, sneaker heads as they're called, people that collect uh, running shoes. Yeah. But like how many different types of shoes do they have available? There, there seem to be hundreds of different options. Really? Yeah. A, a, a number of providers have sort of made their uh, styles and artwork available to the program. Okay. So. That's interesting. But I, I imagine that would be like some of the bigger brands that would be doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I wonder what they have to do to actually, like they'd have to 3D scan the shoes. You would think, yeah. 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 Or, or they're using some kind of texture mapping system from the artwork itself. But essentially someone has to take a lot of photos of the actual sneaker. I like it. Would you buy shoes off the internet? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I certainly have. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had any problems? Well, it's Amazon. You can easily return them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. But I mean, that, that's, so, but would you buy shoes from someone other than Amazon? Depends, I guess. Yeah. You, well, I mean, you and I are purveyors of Vessies. Like we, yeah, we you're have right. way too many pairs of those. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the, the interesting thing about shopping for this kind of stuff is you can't really tell the materials, the texture, the fit and the feel, uh, through an AR app. Yeah. Right. So I don't think that's going to stop people from shopping in stores, Yeah. but I think this is just a handier way of seeing what a certain style would look like on you. Yeah. If you've maybe never tried that style of shoe. Um, I just hope they expand it to other types of shoes. That would be cool. I mean, they're trying to make it easier for buying clothes on Amazon. I know they have another feature. I, I don't know if it's, I think it's just available in the US, but you can basically uh, grab a bunch of different clothing items and they'll ship them in one box Yeah. and you can try them on. And then in that same box, you ship back the ones you don't want. Well, and they've done some experiments with different, um, I think it was with the Echo Show. One, one of the models that they had, they actually had this try on service. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. Where they would show you what you would look like wearing that outfit. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how well it did cause it hasn't gone to Canada yet. No. And I haven't tried it or anything. I haven't really heard much about it. Since. No. Yeah. Well, I suspect it's not a perfect thing. And I suspect that anybody that has any kind of body issues will be really horrified to see some of these things. <laughs> um, and and it, because it basically, it just sort of, throws clothes on you. Yeah. Uh, just like it throws shoes on your feet, right? It's, yeah. it's the same kind of thing. It, it, it's a very strange experience, I think. We're talking all about this new feature on Amazon that lets you try on shoes before you buy them in the virtual world. Basically, you point your, your phone camera at your feet and it'll throw those pairs of shoes on that you're potentially looking at uh, buying just to kind of see how those kicks look on your... <laughs> On, on your feet. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting topic, John, like just buying clothing off the internet. I know tons of people do. Yeah. I just wonder like, like how much gets returned? Like what's the carbon footprint of all these trucks driving all these returns back? 
well, that's that's the dilemma though with Amazon, right? That's why I have no qualms ordering something off Amazon. And if it's sold and shipped by Amazon, I can return it. Yeah. And I return a lot of things because sometimes you get it and it's like, well, the, the material's just not quite there or um, the sizing is weird. Yeah. You know, that's a common problem people have. It doesn't matter if it's shoes or clothes. Um, every manufacturer seems to have a different sort of interpretation of a size guide. Certainly. I, I Like I was saying earlier, I do like uh, the, the glasses apps. Uh, that will actually put the, the yeah. glasses on your face. Like that's helped me dramatically by... Well, yeah, because you can quickly see if that style fits your face. Yeah. You also can filter. I know there's a few different uh, services that you can actually filter the glasses that won't fit your face because yeah. they don't make it in a wide enough... Exactly. Because I have a giant head. Yes, as do I. And so there's a lot of glasses that I love, but I can't buy because they don't make them wide enough for me. Well... Technology is getting better and better. We're going to have to take another break here on the App Show. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here with John Bueller. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got some uh, great stuff happening up there. Lots of uh, how-to videos, the latest uh, tech reviews, and our podcast for both our shows, the App Show and Get Connected, up on the Listen tab. John, I don't know if you saw this story. Uh, Experts are warning about uh, China spying on Americans through their coffee makers. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No decaf for you. Well, everything's becoming smart now, right? Yeah. They're connected to the internet. So as you know, many of these devices, they're manufactured in China. So I don't know if this is like just paranoia run rampant. It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, But apparently these experts, I don't know who, what makes them an expert? Who knows? Uh, They're saying that Chinese companies are collecting data about i guess how many coffees you have yeah i i don't know what they're really going to get from that these devices they're all like it's called the internet of things like they're all connected to the internet so some of them you know if they're taking payment information or something like that i could see i'm trying to think what kind of coffee makers would you have that what kind of what kind of information other than like a schedule or maybe types of coffees you know like i'm thinking like the keurigs and the nespressos of of the world out there but like just a regular coffee maker what else would you make smart about it i don't know i I (laughs) (laughs) but again john everything's smart now right yeah so light switches and a lot of them are made in foreign countries not just china no no so beware (laughs) Beware of the smart coffee makers. <laughs> Unplug that coffee maker now. <laughs> they know how much decaf uh, you are drinking. Uh, I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Uh, of course, John Beeler, uh, my co-host and producer, and uh, Robin back at the, the studio. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.